Come with me and you'll be in a world of cinematic adventures. Hello, welcome back to Cinematic Adventures. Today, my guest is the Mr. Chestnuts. <laughs> That's right. Yes. The guy that we talked about last week that Vince was saying was too big of a pussy to come on and debate me. He got some balls and here he is. I, I was cyber bullied to come on, basically, I think. But yes, uh, thanks for having me on. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on. Glad you got some cojones. Yeah. I, I pronounced that really weird. I said cojones. That's yeah. I, I don't know. I don't I think yeah. that's Spanish. I don't know. It's Spanish, but it doesn't it's not pronounced cojone. That's that, that was I fucked it up, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and since I'm not editing this shit out, like people just don't <laughs> hear me sound stupid. So we moving on. Okay, so you wanted to debate because, well, I wanted to debate. Yeah, there we go. You listened (laughs) to my episode. See, there's lots of callbacks. You got to listen to the last episode to hear why he's called Mr. Chestnut. Yes. You have to listen to the episode with Kevin the Critic where we were talking Iron Man 3 and I demolished him. Oh, man. He thought Iron Man 3 was the best. He was like, it's one of the best of the MCU. And then after the end, he was like, I need to rethink the way I've seen the MCU. Yeah. I was was all about Kevin. I was like, like, yeah, Kevin, you're my boy. And then he just folded like a a house of cards. And I was like, oh, Kevin. Oh, by the way, if you guys hear um, weird pronunciation, it's because he's Canadian. So don't worry. It's okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, you know, I did, I did live in Atlanta for eight years. So, I mean, I feel like my accent's a little more neutral than most Canadians. Although where I do live in, uh, in Canada, in Ottawa, <laughs> there are, there are folks in our region who have a very, very uh, strange uh, accent. So hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully I'm fairly neutral. I mean, I'm from California. I'm the neutral one. Yeah. I mean, you know, yes, that's the accent that's in all the movies. Now that we've got that established. Mm-hmm. So. What's the debate? Okay, so it's between Iron Man 2 and 3. Is it which is the worst of the MCU or just specifically no. which is the worst of the Iron Man movies? Well, Cuz this this dates back to to our group chat where uh, wrong. We're <laughs> debatable. Uh and hence this. Well, I, I don't think it's I don't think my claim has ever been Iron Man 2 is the worst of the MCU. I'm pretty and sure I'm not claiming that. it's I'm one for it. of Go ahead. I'm one of. I I'm pretty certain I said one of. And mm-hmm. Iron Man, th- and that, that, if I did say the worst, that might have been me being a little hyperbolic. Mm-hmm. But and I never said that Iron Man three is one of the best. Iron Man three, you know, it's middle of the road ish. But yeah, uh, the phrase uh, you're looking for is the bottom of the list. The <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's it's mostly I just want to defend Iron Man three and kind of put down Iron Man two because I, I really think you're mistaken about how good. Iron Man 2 is. I never said it's a cinematic masterpiece, okay? This is not an Oscar-winning film, all right? (laughs) Never made that claim. In fact, it does have its errors. I have no problem with that. Mm -hmm. I just said Iron Man 3 is worse. Okay, well, where to start? Do we want to start with Iron Man 2, I guess? For me, I mean, we we talked about this a little bit earlier before we started recording, but I I rewatched Iron Man 2 and 3 just yesterday to kind of refresh myself, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the, my biggest beef with Iron Man two. And the reason why I don't think it's that good. It's okay. If you look at Iron Man one, right. You have the prelude, which is, you know, Tony Stark goes to the middle East, gets blowed up and then abducted, uh, like kidnapped, held hostage. And they're like, make us bombs. And he's like, all right. And instead he makes, you know, the arc reactor and, and, uh, and the Iron Man Mark one suit busts his ass out of there. And then you're onto the, actual movie which is 
his father's disgruntled business partner, uses his own technology against him to make a suit using an arc reactor to rival Iron Man's suit. And Iron Man uses a clever trick to defeat him. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the recap of Iron Man. Right. Then. Iron Man 2 is Tony Stark's father's disgruntled business partner. Son uses the arc reactor technology to create a suit to rival Iron Man's with a prelude in the middle about a garbage story about the blood toxicity thing. And then it finishes up with they fight and Tony Stark uses a clever trick to defeat him. It's the and same movie. Iron Man 3. And Iron Man 3, it's not that. No, I mean, no, no. You were given the synopsis. Keep going. Right. Give the, synopsis the synopsis of Iron, of Iron Man 3 is a little, is a little trickier mm-hmm. um, because it's, you know, Iron Man, you know, Tony Stark. He's no, dealing no, start, with. So start with the villain because you started with the villain. On right. Them. Well, starting with the villain, the villain's more complex in Iron Man 3 for one. It's not his. Oh, it's, yes. It's not it, his. Instead of it being a disgruntled. For, it's not, instead of first off, it's not. Employer, t- it's somebody he disgruntled in passing. So that's so right. much better. It's It's a technical technological competitor that he slighted but it's not his father's business partner mm-hmm. the guy's not using arc reactor technology there's no suit involved in in there the are thing. literally all of the suits involved no no but i'm saying the, the the villain is not just a dude in a metal suit you know ah. using arc reactor technology so you mean like the boss I mean, fight yeah and we'll, we can get into the boss fights as well in those movies but mm-hmm. but i mean like and and it's and the movie is a lot uh, a lot more tony stark focused as opposed to iron man focused you know like there's a lot of like tony stark just having to be inventive and and creative and you know really showing how how smart he is and having to do oh kind of like exactly what we saw him do in iron man one sure okay sure so what you're saying is all of these movies have the same plot well no there there are there are common threads but i'm saying that iron man 2 is it's a cookie cutter sequel it's just rather than having that prelude in Iron Man 1, where it's like something different, it's you have that interlude of the, the blood toxicity plot line that, that culminates in him creating a new element that was just, it was just some deus ex machina stuff, right? Where it's, you know, it, it's, huh, okay. it's weird. I think you know? I understand why you hate Iron Man 2 so much. You don't really understand it. What? Yep. All right. You just gave me your synopsis and I'm like, you, you're missing a lot of what happened. I, those are just Iron broad strokes, but, but Yes. Okay, I mean, you know, we've got time. You, yeah. Those were broad oh, yeah. strokes. Yeah. Paint the just... picture. Give us some happy little trees. Well, no, I, well, I'm, I just want to see, you know, I want to hear what you're, where I'm mis- misinterpreting okay. from, from your perspective. So I would fairly agree with your synopsis of Iron Man. I do not agree with your synopsis of either Iron Man 2 or Iron Man 3. <gasps> when it comes to Iron Man 2, that is where the actual character study of Tony Stark comes in. And to me, that is where he comes, like, you know, in in Spider-Man Homecoming, when he tells Peter, if you're nothing without the suit, then you can't use it, like, or you don't deserve it. Right. He, I think, comes to that conclusion, not in Iron Man 3, but in Iron Man 2. And I get where everybody's thinking, like, no, it was totally Iron Man 3, because he didn't have the suit in Iron Man 3, right? for the most part, okay? Also, the reason why he didn't have the suit in Iron Man 3 made no fucking sense. And I'm pretty sure that that element that he created, everybody's like of a general consensus. He didn't really create it. He discovered it and it was vibranium, which is why his suit acts the way that going forward, why his suit acts the way that it does. No way. No. Yeah. Way. Not. No, because vibranium. No. He discovered an element that wasn't on Earth. Right. 
well, vibranium is not from Earth. It's from space. And he did not create the element. His father gave him the structure of it. How did his father know what it was? Well, I don't know. This is the same guy who had vibranium, which is where we got Captain America's shield. Uh, I don't know about that. I feel like that's a leap. It might like be a leap, but I'm pretty sure that that's what they were saying. But either way, that's not that has nothing to do with the plot of Iron Man 2. But um, but he you can't say that he created the element. He didn't create the element. Like he said, he even said he rediscovered an element that his father showed him the structure of. Right. All he uh, did was decompress it and like put it together. Yeah. And he made like what looked like a, a hadron collider in his house. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like my big thing with the, with the blood toxicity thing, that plot line, again, maybe it's vibranium. Maybe it's not. Because the vibranium, is, it's like a, like a Wakanda thing, right? Like that's where the, the, the meteorite or whatever it was that came to Earth from space, that's where it's located, I believe, right? Yes. And, Primarily. But Howard Stark had access to vibranium because, again, that's where Captain America's shield came from. Damn colonialist. He stole right. it some kind of way. They never really mm-hmm. went into where he got it, but he did have it. And as we saw what he did with the Tesseract, he studied it. Remember, once he got the Tesseract, he studied it to try to like to basically to like reverse engineer it or like figure out how it worked. So since we know he had vibranium before that, what are the odds he didn't do that? He absolutely did that. And he most likely hid that structure like it probably took him years to figure it out. And then once he figured out the molecular structure, he hid it for Tony, for Tony to find out. So that's what that's what the thought process is. But again, none of this has anything to do with the plot. It's just no. a, a point. Right. It, like that's what I'm saying. The blood toxicity thing, it's it's just it's just something to pad the movie, is what I feel. No, it's not. It was the method, it was a plot point. It was well, a, a means to get to Tony getting that getting that element. Well, because my, my story, the actual plot that you missed is the story between Tony and his father. That's the story. Is that you it? Didn't even mention. Is it? It is. Well, you see, here's here's my thing. That's why the because... scene in Endgame was so Endgame was so fulfilling because of Iron Man two because of his because of understanding the relationship between Tony and his father in Iron Man two that we learn about. That's why that scene in Endgame when he hugs his father is so important. And had t- please tell me where his father was even mentioned in Iron Man three. It wasn't his, exactly. his, his, his father mostly came into play. Most of the, the story about his father started in Captain America Civil War. No, Iron Man oh, two yeah. before Captain America Civil War. And we, right. I know, I know, we I know that. saw the relationship between him. That all came from Iron Man two. No, Captain America in, in Civil I- War <laughs> was just a passing nod to what we'd seen in Iron Man two. In Iron Man 2, he watches like a home movie of his dad that makes his dad look like Walt Disney. Yes. And and his 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 father says, You're my greatest invention, Tony. Then then Tony somehow realizes that his dad went to all the trouble of designing the the Stark Expo to look like the the element that he discovered. Mm-hmm. That's what? He was he was he's a genius and he was hiding it in plain <laughs> Why wouldn't he just like leave a because, blueprint? Okay, so and I you have to go back to Iron Man for that. Well, actually, no, Iron Man 2 kind of explains it as well. He remember he had a partner, Anton Vanko, right? Right. And he didn't trust Vanko. And if he had left his blueprint out in the open, then who's to say Vanko would not have done something with it? Remember, he also didn't trust, like you had Hank Pym and um and I in Ant-Man. 
who we had that flashback between he and Howard and everybody in shield. These guys do not trust each other. They work with each other, but they don't trust anybody, any other genius who can take their invention and, you know, manipulate it or bastardize it. So he wanted to leave it for Tony in a way that Tony would figure out because he only wanted to leave it to Tony. He didn't want Hank Pym to be able to do anything with it or any of the guys at Hydra or anybody like that. He wanted only Tony to figure it out. That's why. So that actually does make sense. All right. Fair point. But I mean, theoretically, anybody could have took a look at the layout of that whole place and extrapolated that information. Really? Because anybody else, like you said, you originally said, like, that's dumb. How would he know that that's an element? Because it's Tony and he knows how Tony thinks. Anybody else wouldn't have thought that they would have just thought it was a couple planks. Here's the thing, though. Tony in the movie also doesn't come off as smart as that would imply. Right. Uh, Ivan Vanko sees him for two minutes when when, you know, he you know, they they have that altercation in Monaco. Mm -hmm. Right. First off. How does Ivan Vanko even know Tony Stark is going to be on the racetrack? Because Tony Stark literally made that as a last second decision. But never minding that, he goes and he meets Ivan in jail or whatever. Mm-hmm. And within a minute of meeting him, he says, Palladium in chest is a bad way to die. Mm-hmm. How come Tony Stark, and, and mind you, like it's been years since, because at this point, what that was 2010. So it's been, he's been, he's had the, the reactor in his chest for two years. He never thought about the palladium in his chest in 2008 when he first put the arc reactor in his chest. Like he had two years to plan out what to do. You so know? Here's, here's my thing about that, because I think that he did know about the palladium, but Iron Man 3 is what ruins it. And here's right. why. Because <laughs> we were told in Iron Man and in Iron Man 2 and even the Avengers that he can't take that arc reactor out of his chest because it's literally what's keeping him alive. Yes. Right. So it doesn't matter if there's palladium in Iron Man two, it's just, it's the timetable is pushed up. So he probably knew about the palladium when he designed it and that he would have to come up with an alternative. And I think even Jarvis says like simulation, like whatever thousand. So he has been, you can't get to like 2000 or 10,000 simulations in like two months he has been trying to figure out how to fix this i think what happens in iron man 2 is we're catching him at a time when he's running out of time but he's been working on it all this time okay but being the genius that he is he's not just working on that he's also working on other things i think vanko knew because he he understands the technology just like you know just like tony does so i don't think that tony didn't know Tony just didn't know how to solve it. And the reason why I think Iron Man 3 actually breaks that is because out of nowhere, all of a sudden surgery, he doesn't have the arc reactor anymore. He doesn't need it. We were told in three movies he needed that arc reactor and that he couldn't, that surgery couldn't fix him. And all of a sudden it does. All right. Here's, here's my take on that. All right. Mm-hmm. It's he's in that cave and the, the dude tells him he can't take that out of his chest or he'll die. I have right. a, like, part of me feels like, Dude wouldn't wasn't able to take that out of his chest because it would kill him. And the arc reactor helps keep it, you know, magnetized and pulled away from killing. Great. And I feel at that point, Tony gets back. He's like, well, I got this arc reactor in my chest. I might as well roll. with it." That's kind of where I feel like that is. By the time he gets back and 
Yeah, I, I feel like see, I, I just no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you to an extent that yes, it's a very convenient thing. But I mean, like, I'm pretty sure he he gets it removed from his chest in the comics too. Okay, I disagree with you on his the the casualness. Like he comes back and he's like, oh, I may as well just keep it. I don't think he would have done that. I think if he could have done it, if he could have taken it out, he would have done it at the end of Iron Man. He would not have kept it in again in Iron Man 2 and in the Avengers. He, in the Avengers, he tells Bruce Banner because remember, Bruce is like, I don't suit up. I'm exposed. Like, a I nerd. honestly haven't watched the, uh, the Avengers since. Like, OK, well, you're talking to the MCU encyclopedia. Because, so buckle up. Because, uh, <laughs> well, I actually I should say I watched the Avengers once since the first time I saw it in the theaters. And I, I just can't. Oh, it looks like it looks like a like a low budget TV show. The lighting and stuff. I can't. Uh. OK, I'm canceling this because I can't <laughs> right now. You just like you just insulted me personally. That's what you just did right there. <laughs> Do you know how many times I've seen the Avengers? The Avengers is one of my not only favorite movies of the MCU, one of my favorite movies. It's the movie I put in when I'm down and I need a boost. I need to see Loki wreck some shit. Oh my okay, you know, I'm gonna calm down. It's okay. <laughs> what I was saying, I can't even believe it. I just, just hanging I'm, up on that I'm, call now. I just okay. No, it's okay. It's okay though. <laughs> Okay, so at one point, Tony and Bruce are talking in the Avengers and Bruce says, Bruce says, I don't get I don't suit up. I get exposed like a nerve. And Tony says that they were talking about the purpose because Tony, uh, Tony is trying to convince Bruce that. Well, he's also trying to get Bruce to Hulk out because he wants to see it because he's fucking weird. He is trying to convince Bruce that the Hulk is with him for a reason and that it's the Hulk is a good thing that the Hulk saved his life. And um, they don't know to what purpose, but during that talk, Tony says he, he taps on the arc reactor and he says this thing right here, it keeps me alive. I, cause he said that much gamma radiation. He's talking to Bruce again, that much gamma radiation, gamma radiation should have killed you, but it didn't. And then he points to his arc reactor and he says, this thing right here, I need this to survive. It's keeping shards from getting to my heart. So this is the third time, the third movie where we're told where he says he has to have it. Tony Stark is a literal billionaire. I know you Canadians don't understand how the American (laughs) health structure works, but in the United States, the common average everyday person doesn't get shit. Meanwhile, billionaires get the absolute best. If there were anywhere in the world someone who could take it from his chest, he would have done it at the end of Iron Man. So him having it done at the end of Iron Man 3 makes no fucking sense. All right. And I'm with you. I get that. Like, I totally understand what you're saying. But I'm also saying that when he says, he, you know, it, you know he, that thing keeps him alive, I feel like it's also, you know, he acknowledges the versatility and the use, the utility of having it there. Right. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not saying it's utterly medically impossible to do it. And I'm not saying like, I'm just saying that like Tony Stark may theoretically have been able to have a procedure done under with his billions of dollars, you know, have the greatest medical technicians remove that shrapnel without killing him. Let's be honest. But I feel like 
by the time he gets back from the Middle East and he's still got that thing in his chest, he's like, he gets into, into, into his, into his little mode where he's tinkering with things, you know, and he says, you know, I'm going to make this work. I'm just going to replace the core, make it better, keep myself alive. I don't need to go to a doctor. I can just keep Iron Manning. Iron Manning was fun in the Middle East. I'm going to do Iron Manning here. Except he could actually be a better Iron Man without it being in his chest, keeping him alive because he's siphoning power. He knows this. He's a genius. And again, as you already mentioned, he knows, or at least I mentioned one of us did. He knows that the palladium inside of it is killing him. So why wouldn't, again, if he knows all of this and there is a procedure, if there's just one scientist or one surgeon in the world who can perform that surgery, he will personally buy that person. To make sure that they perform that surgery for him. For sure. For sure. And so he wouldn't. So it makes no sense that he would keep it in his chest, knowing that there's palladium in it killing him. And then one day out of nowhere, just decide to do it. And so to me, that's part of Iron Man three that sucks. (laughs) And then on top of that, the next time we see him in Age of Ultron, when you're you're thinking like, oh, yeah, he has the Iron Man suits to forget the fact that he literally destroyed all of them at the end of Iron Man three. But we see him not only in an advanced Iron Man suit, we also see that he's created the Iron Legion. But in that scene where he goes into, and I'm sure you haven't seen it because you only see like two movies a year. (laughs) In that scene where he walks into um, the Hydra facility and he steps out of the Iron Man armor, there's a blue light in the center of his chest. As if he still has the arc reactor there. Now, I don't know anything about what level are but i mean it could be feasible it could be feasible that he has like a modular one sort of like he has in endgame you know now it may not be you know chock full of nanites like like that one but i don't know i'd have to rewatch. but mm-hmm. to he the point modular one. to oh, the point ahead. about why the the fact that it doesn't really show off why tony's smart about the arc reactor when when Ivan Vanko talks about the palladium in the chest, he like knows instinctively, like right then and there about the palladium. The thing is, Tony's had years to figure it out, right? Again, I don't so, think that he, had to, he needed to but figure it out. Finish he my, knew. Yeah, I know. Let me finish my point here. <clears throat> right. So Tony, he's he has the, the, the big drunken scene and then he, he's, mm-hmm. you know, it opens up with him in the in the giant Randy's donut thing. That's a that's a great shot. I think that's a pretty iconic shot tony stark hanging out in the in the donut and then you know he meets uh nick fury and uh black widow mm-hmm. right and literally nick fury two seconds in he's like here we're gonna shoot you with this uh, lithium dioxide or whatever in your neck that'll take the edge off it literally abates all the symptoms meanwhile tony has just been drinking chlorophyll like smoothies mm-hmm. yeah. he's an engineer he's not a molecular like, Co- like, come he's on an Jack. engineer but he's well, no because think about it like would you when it comes to science, there are different fields. His oh, field course. is is mechanical and engineering. His field is not biological. So that doesn't like the fact that he's a genius and he knows about engineering things and how to create literal bioweapons or not bioweapons, but like armor. That doesn't equate to him knowing every single thing about the human body. You can be a genius in one area and an idiot in another. So that doesn't, he's he's not like an all around, he knows absolutely everything there is. And he's a genius in his field. Okay. And that is exactly my point about the the, the heart shrapnel. He's a, he's a genius in his field, mm-hmm. right? He was told he wouldn't be able to remove it. Mm-hmm. He was told that he wouldn't be able to remove it. He's not mm-hmm. a genius in the medical field. Right. He takes that at his word. And he's also a man with an enormous ego yes right 
I mean, like at the end of Iron Man two, like what Nick Fury's like, oh, we want Iron Man, but not Tony Stark because he's a, he's a giant narcissist. Yes. Right. So Tony Stark is not going to admit, you know, that he's wrong. He's he's stuck in his ways about that. And then at the end of Iron Man three, you know, he takes a little, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he, he kind of softens up to uh, the idea that maybe he's not right. Maybe he can get it done, you know, because he loves pepper. Really? Where where did you get the idea that he softens up to maybe he's not right? And well, Iron Man three. He softens up to a whole, he he capitulates a lot of stuff to 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 Pepper at the end of that movie. You know, yeah, he's because like, she was going to leave him, right? And then and so he's did, trying she, to show him. She's trying to show her that he is a changed man and he is not going to be as narcissistic, right? And as we saw in the very next movie, he is back in an Iron Man suit and he's got Iron Legion, so he right. immediately threw that away. So again, no. this movie had no bearing on the MCU. Ah, uh, but you see that I made sure to, to take note of that. Mm-hmm. She says, Pepper says at the end, she's like, I think I see why you don't want to give up the suits. What am I mm-hmm. going to complain about now? Because he blew them all up mm-hmm. or he's about to blow. And he says, I'm going to shave them down a bit. He's not. He didn't say he was going to get rid of all of his suits. And he was literally watched developing. all of them blow up. Yeah. That was all I, his suits. That I know was the his, house party protocol. Right. And it's not like he wasn't going to make a new suit. I mean, the, the modular suit that was in Iron Man 3, the Mark 42. I mean. He didn't stop at 42. He just kept going, but he wasn't going to just have a giant house full of uh, 170 Iron Man suits anymore. Not right. So instead, like he created a 30. literal legion of bots. Yeah, which, you know, he mm-hmm. got, got rid of. What do you mean the legion of bots? You mean Age of Ultron? Ultron? Let's not Iron talk legion. about that movie. He called again. No, we have to because we're keeping it in context of the oh, entire MCU. Right. And that's what I'm Iron, telling you. Iron, did he make an Iron? I don't remember because honestly, I honestly, I don't really care much for joss whedon's stuff i watched his stuff once or twice and i'm I'm good okay so the next movie we see iron man in after iron man 3 is age of ultron right and the first time we see tony stark he is in the iron man suit and again when he steps out of it he's got that blue arc reactor in the center of his of his chest shining through just like it did in the avengers and before we see tony stark step out we get introduced to the iron legion which is an army of robots that all oh. they're all essentially like Iron Man, but they're not suits. They're just right. Bots. They're drones. They're, they're drones. drones. Right. Yeah. So and, and mind you, this takes place, what, a year later? So he blows up all of his suits <laughs> and then immediately goes right back. So tell me, please, uh, the lesson he learned in Iron Man three that actually stuck. He didn't keep suits. He kept drones. Except for the suits that he created, <laughs> that he wore. Well, here's the other after. thing. Here's the other thing. He also made a suit for Spider-Man. Just I saying. don't think you can you can fault Iron Man three because Joss Whedon didn't read up on the script notes from the previous movies. Um, really? Ah! Because it's Iron Man three that didn't read up on the script notes. Here, okay, so here's Iron my entire argument as to why Iron Man three is worse than Iron Man two. Because right. if you were to take Iron Man three out of the MCU. It means nothing, nothing. The only thing that changes in all of the MCU, if you take out Iron Man three is at the very end and end game, you're like, who the fuck is that guy? When you see the adult version of the kid, Every- which let's be real. <laughs> that, that didn't change anything. Did everybody, anyway. everybody was <laughs> like, I'm checking IMDb to see who that was. Um, exactly. Most well, people did it is- anyway, even having seen <laughs> Iron Man three. Well, so it changes. 
fuck all. Okay. Well, you could say the same with Iron Man. Iron nope. Man 2 brought nothing I, to the table. Me, no, you want me to bring it in? You want me what? to just do this? Okay. Please. First of all, it is the introduction to Black Widow. That is how we meet her. That is her origins. That is her origin in the MCU. So right there. Second, it is where we learn that, by the way, and it, that gets broken in Iron Man 3, but it's not broken again in the rest of the MCU. We learn that Tony Stark has safeguards against anyone using his tech. So, you know, so the only person who are the only people who are allowed right. to use his suits are himself, Pepper and Rhodey. And to that point, to that point, I also want to remember that in Iron Man 3, mm-hmm. he that suit has been signed over to the U.S. military and Hammer had control of that suit. No, it so, wasn't. Yes, it was. Tony has no, to really sign in. To nope. that suit. He Tony ha- did not sign that suit over. You know who You're, did? He has to get. He has to get Iron. He has to get War Machine's password. He literally in Iron Man two, he said he was never going to do it, and in Civil War, we saw that he never did it. Do you know who gave that suit to them? It happened in Iron Man two. You know who gave the suit to the U.S. military? Yeah, Tony Stark. No, it was Rhodey. Rhodey stole the suit. Yes, I know. And Tony, he by proxy, not, he gave it to him because he did, didn't. He no, didn't, he didn't. He had he had the safeguards in place. If he didn't want to turn it over, he would like, you know, he could have just overrode that. He he the only reason Rhodey got away is because Tony let him get away. With well, OK, again, Black Widow said in that cafe that there are three people who have the ability to override Tony Stark, Pepper Potts and James Rhodes. When right. Rhodey drove, when Rhodey flew off, he took the suit. Also, mm-hmm. later on in that movie, when he comes back, when um after they finished with the fight and everything <clears throat> and Rhodey was like. I'm going to take the suit because my car was one of the cars that got blown up. And Tony was like, no, you're not. And he goes, wasn't asking. Rhodey has override permission. He gave there two people that he trusts in the world. He gave both of those people full admin access. So no, once Tony gave him the end, Rhodey was free to do what he wanted. It was Rhodey that did that. By the way, one of the plot points that you conveniently missed, the plot of Iron Man 2 is, or at least the point of Iron Man 2 is it's man versus himself. And we get to see that played out in multiple ways. Do we see that in man? Yes. And I'm going to explain. You get to see that in Tony versus it. So basically they tried to do like demon in a bottle, but they did it in a way that was overcrowded. I am willing to admit it's not a great movie. There's too much going on. So I feel like a lot of people miss a lot of what happened simply because there was so much going on. But the heart of Iron Man 2 is a character study on who Tony Stark is and seeing him through the eyes of his antagonist. You get to see him versus himself. So basically it's Tony versus himself, but through the eyes of other characters, right? So it's Tony versus himself through the eyes of Justin Hammer when it comes to his genius, or not genius, but um, his, um, his business savvy. And it's Tony versus himself when it comes to Vanko, Ivan Vanko, because that's the genius you know, the, the engineering genius side. And it's Tony versus himself when it comes to his relationships, like mainly with uh, Rhodey, because like he's, like I said, he gave Rhodey and Pepper full admin permission, which is why they were allowed to like in all of the movies. If you ever notice, whenever Pepper holds up a, an Iron Man helmet, she can do pretty much what Tony can do. She has no idea how to do it, but she has the ability to do it. Right. She's yeah, always had that access. Does a retinal scan. Yeah. Right. Rhodey, the same thing. Right. So, but and that's in, why uh, to me, this movie was, it was, it was Tony versus himself 
through the looking glass of Rhodey, his relationship with Rhodey, like his friendships. It was Tony um, dealing with his relationship with Pepper. It was Tony versus himself on a, a genius inventor scientific way through Vanko. And it's Tony versus himself through business when dealing with Justin Hammer. Again, it was way too crowded. And because you only got glimpses of all of it, people missed that. But that was the heart of what Iron Man 2 was about. Right. Iron Man 3 was about nothing. <laughs> it was about right. bullshit. So. And you can take Iron Man 3 out of the MCU. It literally changes nothing because everything that happens in Iron Man 3 is immediately retconned by Age of Ultron. All right. So, yeah, you could say that, that you know, Tony's fighting another version of himself. I mean, like Anton Vanko is is the mirror of Tony Stark and the fact that Tony ended up being raised rich and powerful and successful and Anton Vanko lived in poverty, you know, got no recognition, this and that. Mm -hmm. Or Ivan Vanko, sorry. Yeah, you know, Hammer, I mean, Sam Rockwell, he's charismatic, he's funny, he's entertaining. Uh, He's not really the villain at all the movie and he's totally incompetent and pathetic throughout. That's the character, you know? I mean, he gets busted and he's like, oh, please, please don't call the authorities. Oh, his, yeah. his character isn't necessarily being incompetent. His character he is absolutely is incompetent throughout. Like that's the whole. I'm not saying thing he's not Senate. incompetent. I'm saying that's not his character. His character is there to be an opposition to Tony. Right. Okay, so the reason why he called Banco in is because he is just a regular. Um, speaking of Justin Hammer, Justin Hammer is a billionaire businessman okay tony has different aspects of his personality remember in the avengers billionaire philanthropist playboy you know that whole thing okay not everybody is not like one person on earth can be that okay that's that's him but again we get to see the different aspects of his personality all converge in iron man 2 again it was a bit too much so it was too crowded but the aspect that justin hammer is there to be is the billionaire part He's there to be the the uh, weapons contractor and the businessman. He could not compete with Tony when it comes to engineering. He knows that. He's not an engineer. Right. He's a billionaire. He's that's a that's what I'm saying. Man. He that's what I'm saying. Like, but that's why Vanko he... was there because Vanko is the is the uh, the foil for Tony when it comes to the actual genius and the engineering part. Well, exactly. Like like uh, Hammer, he was utterly incompetent throughout the movie everything he did on his own was a failure everything they showed you the 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 subtext of everything is that justin hammer is incompetent he wants to be tony stark he will never be tony stark he is kind of a loser he's rich you know and he's a weapons dealer but you know like he is not smart right well you know so he his whole thing is he just comes to business because he does sort have of. weapons contracts. He's the one it went in in Iron Man when um Stark Industries started falling. Who do you think came in and took those contracts? It was Hammer. Oh, for sure. And and but like I'm saying, like, you know, he is a a, a weapons contractor. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, in in the Senate hearing, it's showing all these videos of his terribly designed, incompetent, you know, Iron Man knockoffs that kill the soldiers inside them and stuff. And it's just the Weasley way that he kind of reacts to the video footage that Tony's live streaming into the thing. And he's like, you know. anyway, 
the, the point okay, being is like, like he just comes in fair, and just bankrolls Ivan Vanko, who is the actual genius and threat of the movie. Right. But again, Vanko, like you said, he was poor. What kind of a real threat could he be had he not had the other aspect of Tony, the rich billionaire? Well, yes. Businessman. Again, these are all aspects of Tony that Tony oh. is having to reckon with. That's the point of Iron Man 2. That's oh, I'm not, I'm yeah, I'm not I'm not arguing that because like, but I'm saying that's that's the whole reason Justin Hammer is in there. It's just a bankroll Vanko. That's it. Like, well, it, it's, on, that's not the whole reason. Again, the narratively, he is still a foil for Tony. He's a, but he's not. You're thinking of it in like the superhero respect. No, I'm but not. But it's I'm, not in a, in a superhero respect. It's narratively. He is a foil for Tony when it comes to business. Because again, when he was when Tony is in the very beginning of the movie, when Tony's in that congressional hearing, the reason why they brought in Justin Hammer is because he has government contracts that Tony Stark has now lost. Right. So he is a foil. When it comes to business, he is a foil for Tony. That's what he was there to do. And he was there to bankroll the mental foil for Tony. Well, here's the thing. It's he thinks he is a foil to Tony. He thinks he is on the level of Tony. And the thing is, he thinks he's in control the whole time he has uh, Ivan Vanko. He thinks he is in control. He thinks he's the guy who's running the show. He's he's doing the whole presentation at the Stark Expo. And he mm-hmm. thinks he has Tony where he wants him. He mm-hmm. thinks he is in control. But meanwhile, it's Vanko who is running the show behind the scenes because he's yes. just that much smarter than the incompetent Justin Hammer who thinks he's in control. Hammer, everything he does throughout the entire movie, he loses everything. He but fails same, the, the entire way through. Tony, though. Because Tony thinks he's got the upper hand on Vanko and Vanko has the upper hand the entire movie. Until yeah. the very end, Vanko does have the upper hand. Not only, he not only has it on Hammer, he also has it on Tony. And the only way Tony was able to win is because he had to come to terms that he is not an island. He needs help from his friends. He had to get help from not only Rhodey, but also Black Widow and Happy, even though Happy did like two things. But still, he had to have help from everybody. That's how basically this is like, Tony, you're not alone. You have to stop acting like you're alone because you can't do everything. This was the ego drop to Tony. It happened in Iron Man 2. Sure. You know, I mean, I mean, me, it's, it's just, yeah, he, he could only beat him because he realized they just had to shoot lasers at each other's hands, which is kind of lame. But, you know, I don't know. It, Again, you're going I back. Know, to I, like feel, I feel like you're part. reading I'm talking more about into the story it. part. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying I feel like you're reading way more into the story than that was there. I'm not. I'm just reading the actual story. Like I said, the biggest problem with Iron Man 2 is that they put so much in there that people gloss over it. It's just like the Matrix only. The Matrix had layers that like you can love the Matrix for just the the like the fireworks and the shoot 'em up bang bang, or you can drop into the intellectual level and understand the philosophy and the religious impact of what they were talking about. A lot of people don't go there. Um, I'm not saying Iron Man 2 was philosophical, but what I'm saying is Iron Man 2 had too many layers. They threw so much at you that most people who were just there for the shoot 'em up bang bang were like this is dumb because there was they had too many angles coming at it when the entire story of iron man 2 is tony figuring out who he is and what his limits are 
He is realizing that's why the whole plot with the palladium, he needs to be taught on a physical, on a mental, on an emotional level. You need other people. And that's what this movie was about. It was him coming to terms with that. And I think a lot of people missed that message because they were just like, oh, it was just like shoot him up, bang, bang, and it was dumb. But if you look beyond that and you actually look at the story, the reason why I do that is because I'm a story person. I don't give a shit about how cool a movie looks. It's all about the story. Like, I am willing to admit that there are movies that look amazing, but they have a shit story, which is why I don't like them. And this movie didn't look amazing at all. But it had a good story. For it 2010, told in a it looked pretty nice. Way. For 2010, it it looked good. The one other thing that I was saying, uh, I can, we kind of got off from where I was going. But with the, you know, he meets uh, he meets uh, Nick Fury and mm-hmm. gives him that lithium dioxide, mm-hmm. and then it, then he says, "Well, I've tried every combination and permutation of thing for to replace the palladium." And mm-hmm. Nick, Nick Fury says you haven't tried them all. The implication of that line is that he knows what he's missing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Well, also remember the another line of dialogue in that same scene when um when we were getting the rela- the story of the of his relationship with his father, Tony's relationship with his father. Tony mm-hmm. was like, "My dad was about this 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 and this." And then he says, "Unless you knew my ba- my dad better than I did." And Fury said, "I did. That's why he knew." Right. Because but most is- likely Howard Stark let him also Fury is like he's the man with the secrets who have secrets and the secrets and secrets. So if anybody's going to know anything, it's going to be you know, it's going to be Nick Fury. Now, that doesn't mean Nick Fury knew the exact molecular structure. He just knew that his dad figured it out and he left it for him, uh. which is why he brought him all that stuff and said, figure it out. All right. I'll, I will convene that to you because I guess. Yeah, like uh what's Tony Stark's is some well what's his first name? Tony Stark's first name? T- no, his dad. Howard. Oh yeah, Howard. Yeah, I get because I guess Howard was one of the founding members of Shield. How, exactly. Howard was right. a founding so member I, of Shield and Nick Fury's the director of perhaps, Shield. Perhaps. I will concede perhaps, you know, anything could be anything could happen. But I mean it's not it's not like I'm stretching here. Literally, no, like you no. said, Tony Stark Howard Stark is the one of the founding members of Shield. And he had a very close relationship with the people who worked in S.H.I.E.L.D. And Howard Stark was still involved in S.H.I.E.L.D. as we saw in Ant-Man and even in Civil War. He was still involved in S.H.I.E.L.D. right up until he died. And by the time he died, Nick Fury was already director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Because he Um, didn't die till like... I'm not not saying it's a stretch. I'm just saying that it's speculative. That's all. Again, not really, because it all happens in that scene. He says, I knew your father better than you did. Right, and but he, and that's saying, when he gives him all the information and he's like, right, go through all of this. You'll find it in here. But I'm just saying there's no way of knowing exactly that. I don't know. I'm just saying it's speculative because it doesn't implicitly say anything. There's nothing there's nothing implicitly shown. So it's speculative. Do you I, really and need I, your I, movie to spoon feed you all the no, information? No, no. But I'm I'm saying it's 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 a fair speculation. <sighs> you know, I'm giving you that. I'm giving you that concession the same way that my speculation about Tony's ego about the you know the gravity of the wound in his chest that he only had diagnosed when he was you know in a cave you know but see again you're making the speculation that when he came back Mm. he didn't immediately have doctors diagnose him which we know he did because that's one of the first things obadiah said you need to get to a doctor so again these guys are billionaires he's going to get the best care so when he says 
this can't come out, that means he's already had consultants tell him we can't remove that. And maybe there was consultants that were, you know, hand fed to him by uh, Obadiah, who didn't really care much for Tony Stark. No. Remember when he came back with that arc reactor in his chest, he wanted him to live because he needed that technology. He wanted to because remember at that point he was like he had his scientists trying to figure it out and they couldn't. So he had to keep him alive in case his scientists never figure it out. And he knew that the arc reactor was a weak point for him because that's why he yanks it out of his chest at that one point. No, he didn't yank it out of his chest because it's a weak point. He yanked it out of his chest because that's the technology he wanted. He always his entire. And he knew if he took it, it would kill Tony Stark. So if he had him have that that metal shrapnel removed from his chest, there goes there goes, you know, Tony Stark's Achilles heel. I think you're thinking too much into it. See, that's what I'm saying about the. the, the, No, because you're making it seem like (laughs) Obadiah's entire intention, like Obadiah's intention was to kill Tony Stark at the beginning of Iron Man. But once Tony Stark came back, he changed that because he's like, oh, he created something. I need that tech. Right. To him, everything was about that tech. He didn't really give a shit if Tony lived or died after that. He even tells the guy that from the Ten Rings, he's like, well, you should have killed him, but you didn't. But that's okay because he just gave us the world's greatest weapon. Right. So his intent is completely different now that Tony has lived and created the arc reactor. Well, I think he's just being flexible with his plans. You know, he... He was like, I'm going to just kill him off and take the company. He's like, ah, but now there's something else. And so exactly. he, 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 yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's biting. So I'm saying, I'm just, right. there's, there's my speculation. That's all. Whether I'm right or wrong, whatever. I'm just saying, I feel like there's ground. There, there, there is a little wiggle room. Uh huh. Because, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, some uh, ultra capitalist jerk. Yeah. You know, who just wants Tony's stuff. Speaking of ultra capitalist, though, the, the one thing in the movie is they said, is that uh, Anton Vanko, he he designed the arc reactor with Howard Stark. Yes. Right. And they Stark had him deported because Vanko wanted to get rich from the reactor, which I don't know. Howard Stark is a multi-billionaire arms dealer. Mm -hmm. So I don't like he's an ultra capitalist. I don't. So that part where they where they explain that uh, this dude wanted to make money. So they had him deported. It mm-hmm. sounds not like a good excuse there, Nick Fury. No, like, I think that um, I feel like that's a giant like, uh, oops, explain it away. I feel like, you know, um, well, I, I feel like that was a way of saying that he saw him as competition. So he wanted to get rid of him. That's what I think they were really saying. Yeah. Because why didn't they just like, say it? Because he was talking to a guy about his father and he didn't want to shit on his legacy. So he did it in a nice way. But it's still it's still like, yo, your dad was a dickwad who got this guy deported because he wanted to um, because what the way I saw that, I feel like that technology was not necessarily co-discovered by or co-created by Stark and Vanko. I feel like Vanko did the heavy lifting and then Stark pushed him out. Right. I, I, I agree. I agree. I just feel like the way they they framed it was really odd that made it. Oh, like, I get it now. It made okay. it sound like Howard Stark was an altruist. No, no, no. I, I understand you why know? you're confused because you're Canadian. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Americans oh, lie when we tell our history. 
We're always the good guys. Jesus so if you you think I'm kidding, look at, look <laughs> I know at Thanksgiving. That. OK, we're literally we celebrating genocide and we're making it sound like the pilgrims hey. were all happy. That's that's how Americans tell we, history. We also have a Thanksgiving in Canada and we were we also are historically terrible to the natives here. So so you guys are just as shitty as us. OK, congratulations. We're, no, we're America's shitty little brother. You know, oh, OK, but yeah. um, but no, seriously, that's how. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm not even being, I'm not even joking or anything. Like that's how we tell history. It's history's told by the winners. So when the winner is the one who is say is give, telling the narrative, they're gonna say like, "Oh, this guy was bad." Like anybody who goes against the American Empire is labeled a terrorist. Yeah. That's what happens. He he pushed him out, yeah. and instead of saying like, "Yeah, I wanted, I'm a greedy son of a bitch, and I wanted to make all the money and create the patent myself." He was like, oh, he wanted, he was greedy. He was greedy. So I had to get rid of him and I had him deported. But really it was because like, oh, he was going to take this technology away from me. And I'd rather not be able to fully figure it out than let him get a part of it. That's what happened. So I want to talk about a few things I liked in Iron Man 2. Okay. How does that work? That right. works just fine. And if I had anything that I liked from Iron Man 3, I would return the favor. Wow. Come on here. All right. So uh, I like Stanley's cameo. Okay. Where he just for like a split second as Larry King. I thought it was kind of cute. I was like, <laughs> hey, Sam Rockwell. Don Cheadle. He's an improvement over Terrence Howard. Don Cheadle. Completely I disagree. Guy. I what? like Terrence oh. Howard more. I love Don I Cheadle. I think it was He's a damn great. shame that he was replaced. But whatever. Um, spilled milk and all a, that. There was one. The cut. Like when you know when they're doing the, the Senate hearing. Yes. Literally the first and, line of the movie. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, when he says, I'm here, get over it. No, no, no. Um, oh, okay. It's it's like at the end of the Senate hearing when Iron Man's like peacing out and he's got Gary Shandling all pissed off and Gary Shandling starts dropping F-bombs and they're getting beeped out. And it's I, weird. You're like, hey, why is he dropping F-bombs? And they're beeping it out. That's really strange. Why wouldn't they just use a different word? And then it cuts to Ivan Vanko watching it on TV. I thought that was like clever. Mm-hmm. I I really like that transition. There's a few things. I, 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 the donut, the donut scene where Tony's just in the donut that was really good. Uh, That's an actual donut story. Yeah, here uh, Randy's donuts. Okay. I think is what it is. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, I liked Hammer doing his uh, weapon presentation. His little dance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh well, yeah, that the, the little dance at the thing. But I'm talking when he was presenting all the weapons to upgrade War Machine. Oh, and he's going like, oh, this guy, a little too street for you. Oh, how about this? And he's going over, and and is this is the ex-wife? That was good. In in true Hammer fashion, that uh, that ex-wife was terrible, and also (laughs) the the ex-wife during the whiplash fight. I'm, I swear, it made a little subtle fart noise when it hit the water. It did. It was like think, and it was like, (laughs) (laughs) I have a few gripes uh, probably, okay first off i'm gonna say the biggest problem with iron man 2 uh-huh. um it starts the movie and ends the movie with acdc what's Ugh. wrong with that they're terrible terrible music what yeah i mean the songs um, like they literally have a song called iron man no wait no, that's black sabbath that's black sabbath <laughs> I didn't get that never mind <laughs> that See, was, now you're gonna that edit. was the first now iron man <laughs> yeah no i'm not gonna edit it out it's wow. i made a mistake it happens oh. i'm not perfect mr chestnuts <laughs> I know. Um, there's a, there's a, yeah, a couple other little gripes I had, but the, 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 I wanted to make sure that I, I, I slagged ACDC because just can't. Oh yeah. And the, 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 the final fight with whiplash was like, and you know, they had the thing where they shot all the drones and that was cool. And then it was just mm-hmm. whiplash shows up, whips them a couple times. And like that fight was literally 
less than two minutes long mm-hmm. between whiplash showing up and then them blowing him up. It was like mm-hmm. less than two minutes long. There was nothing. I was like, oh, like you had a whole movie to build up this. You know, I feel like Mickey Rourke got short shrift in that movie. I got to say, I liked Mickey Rourke as Vanko. Like he was just kind of cool, but old and dirty, but like he was still cool. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Like, I don't totally hate Iron Man 2. There's things I like about it. But I mean, like my like I said, like my biggest problem overall with the movie is I feel like it's just, you know, with a f- they've moved a few things around, but it's essentially the same story as Iron Man 1. That's Again, my biggest I feel problem. like you think that because you weren't paying attention. Because <clears throat> I'm telling you, this is man versus himself. The first movie was just an introduction to the character. The second movie was man versus himself. And he has to learn the lesson of teamwork. And he has to learn that lesson before we get to the Avengers or it's not going to work. That's why he that's why this movie is sandwiched between his intro and the Avengers. I will say, you know what? There is a a movie where Iron Man has a does a lot of teamwork related stuff. And that's Iron Man three. Yeah, because he learned the lesson in Iron Man two, which is were you paying attention to what I just said? Yeah. And that's because Shane Black, (laughs) Shane Black took notes. Shane Black is shit. Okay, I'm sorry. What? His, he sucks. Okay. All right. I'm not yes. saying Iron Man three is his 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 most sterling accomplishment. Or you know, good. All right. So first off, okay. Iron Man three is it the MCU's only Christmas movie? It takes place at Christmas time, but it is not a Christmas movie. You hear the words "Merry Christmas" a few times in that movie. Several because times because it takes you place at snow. Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. It's a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas it's a, movie. It's a, is is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No, there's literally, right. see, this is how I know you are listening. You only listen to a couple episodes of my podcast because I already actually, had this debate. I'm actually on team Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. Thank so you. That's fine. So yeah, but, neither is Iron Man 3. Again, but, it does take place at Christmas time though. Well, all right. The general gist of this movie. All right. There's there's a lot of things I love about Iron Man 3. Uh, one, um, like I have anxiety issues, right? Mm-hmm. I get panic attacks, you know. Is it because you have a cat? I, no, no, Are I don't sure? know. Yeah, no, okay. I just get I just get panic attacks when I go do grocery shopping. I don't know why. And this is this is before COVID even. It's just a thing. And I hate it. Yeah. And it's terrible. But the 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 Tony's anxiety uh, stuff in this movie, I really, really love it. It's not okay, so it had like, like a personal like I mean, maybe, it maybe it's personal, personal but like like when. Like, you know, the, the first scene, like when him and uh, when Tony and Rhodey are at the uh, that looks like a Hooters, you know, when they're there and that the kids are like, oh, hey, can you, you know, and he's signing a thing and he starts thinking about it. And then the kids like asking about the wormhole and, and then he just panics and freaks out and goes and gets in the Iron Man suit. And I love it because that like the way that Robert Downey Jr. portrays that is very accurate to how I feel when I have a panic attack, you know, in, in later scenes when he's talking with uh, Harley in when he's in Tennessee and Harley gives him one when they're, when they're checking out that explosion site, Mm -hmm. you know, he kind of comes out of it really quickly. He's like, okay, yeah, you made me spaz out. You know, I get that they have to kind of truncate it for, to keep the movie going, but like, you know, otherwise like the way the, the onset of all those panic attacks is, is really, I think really well done. By Robert Downey Jr. I love that stuff. Okay. Okay. So, that's the end of what you love about it. All right. Good. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's all. No. Um. I, I feel kidding. like. Well, I feel like the villains are better in Iron Man Three. Yeah, I'm really? sure you. I'm sure you disagree. But I mean, like, okay. So I have you have to hear all this. Right. Okay. So in Iron Man Two, you got you have Justin Hammer, who's trying to be, you know, the villain in the you know 
you know, you have you have two villains in Iron Man two kind of right where you have a guy behind the scenes and a guy you know you know doing the dirty work right you have well not not really do the, the guy who's the face right like Justin Hammer's the face and you have Vanko behind the scenes actually getting the stuff done right and in this you have what you think is a guy behind the scenes in the quote unquote Mandarin right and then you have someone who's actually like the face who's actually the one behind the scenes of the Mandarin even. And so what you're saying is Iron Man three ripped off the plot of Iron Man two or the villain of Iron Man two. Come on now, because you just said like, there's the guy that you think is going to be the villain, but he's really just behind the scenes. And then there's the guy who's the actual villain. And you just said that again for Iron Man three. So it's the same thing. Oh, come on, Jackie. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Um, But it's like, I know what you said. <laughs> what you said was <laughs> all right. Well, in it's, Iron Man it's, Two, you've got the guy out front that you right, think so, initially is going to be the villain, and then you find out later he's not the not the real villain. The real villain is a second guy, and then in Iron Man Three, you've got the guy out front that you think is initially going to be the villain, and then you find out later he's not the real villain. The real villain is well, somebody else. Well, it's you know you you have the guy in the front. You're like I like I like Aldrich Killian. Mm-hmm. A I love that he's not in a suit. Iron Man suit versus Iron Man suit. Whether whatever your variations thereof, you know, you had what was it? The Iron Giant was was uh, the suit in. I forget what the hell they called the. I know I thought they had a name for it in uh, Iron Man One, the one that um, Obadiah. Oh, you mean Obadiah's suit? Yeah. yeah, I thought they had a name for it. I can't remember. And then you had Whiplash, mm-hmm. and you know he does not know, have an Iron Man suit. It's well, he does. He does eventually. It has an he comes reactor. at him without it. Yeah. Yeah, he comes at him without it at the beginning because he has no resources to make a suit. He, you know, he's not as industrious as Tony Stark in a cave, I guess. But, but like, you know, he has, you know, in the end, he literally is in a full Iron Man suit with just these, you know, with those whips. And I thought it would have been cool to see a little more of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, like Killian doesn't have a suit, which is cool. And so, you know, Killian's like, oh, hey, you, know, you meet him in the beginning of the movie and he's this uh, simpering little dork who's trying to get hand out business cards to look for people to invest in his company and, and get on board with tech the the group the aim the group he's doing with and mm-hmm. you know tony stark's like i'll meet you on the roof bucko see you there and just leaves him hanging and then he uses you know that slight as kind of his motivation you know he said like you know you introduced me to like desperation or something like that and he used that as kind of his thing to fuel him forward and he ended up getting with uh, that girl with, who, who was the botanist girl, you know, who made the explosive plant. He's like, Hey, you come on board. And they, and he used that to get back at Tony Stark. He used that technology. So it's not using his father. It's not using Tony's technology. It's using a different technology, you know, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, was, was at least better than uh, two guys in suits fighting. But, and okay. I liked, I liked it. You know, the whole time he's kind of doing, being the face of the company, right? Like he shows up at, at, uh, at Stark Industries, and he's like, "Hey, let me show you my brain, baby." And you know, and oh my god, so, why did you say that? Like you were hitting on someone? Just because it, the, the implication of that whole scene was that he's kind of hitting on her. And then you know, when she's seeing him out the door, she's all like, Whew, She's got the vapors," you know. Mm. Like when Happy shows up, and she's like, "Oh, I, I forgot all my stuff. I gotta go get my stuff." You know, she was intrigued. Let's be real. Okay. All right. So, but like you know, he's he's being the face of the company, right? The sort of the mm-hmm. spot that that hammer was in except this guy seems competent he seems like he knows the thing but you know there's there's something about him that's a little unscrupulous and you find out that he's working for the mandarin and you're like oh no the mandarin you know the mandarin's a terrorist and he's blowing places up and i like that i like the twist where you realize that you think that the mandarin's pulling his strings but you real, but no no he's just 
pull the Mandarin strings and the Mandarin's just a puppet for him to give himself cover. Yeah, except guess what? That's not true either, because in reality, there is a Mandarin and that yes. wasn't a Mandarin. Right. The Ten exactly. Rings is a real organization that we were introduced to in Iron Man. Iron Man one. Yeah, exactly. Huh? And and the head of that organization is the Mandarin who we yes. got to meet in a trailer for Shang-Chi, which is coming out later. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to see the actual Mandarin. Oh, no. no take backs. Oh, for real. Yeah. No. And I'm, I'm totally cool with that. And I think what they did with uh, the Mandarin and Iron Man three was fine because they were written into a hole of making him sort of a vague like because. You know, it was the Ten Rings that kidnapped Tony Stark in Iron Man mm-hmm. 1, right? Yes. Well, they weren't in China, right? So they had to, they were like, well, we can't make him the Mandarin. We're, we're kind of wrapped up into making him not Chinese, right? So they had to kind Why? of... Why? Because No, no, no. Okay. In Iron Man, they actually right. explained it perfectly well. No, they weren't in China. But as they explained in Iron Man, the Ten Rings is an international crime organization. That's why. Remember the guy? Remember? Um, I can't remember his name, but it was like Yusuf or something like that. Um, so the, his his friend in the cave. Yeah, he explained to him like, they, he's <clears> like, I speak five languages, but these guys speak twenty different languages because they're an international group. Right. So sure, having it go to China is it's still in line with the Ten Rings. Mm. I guess it's weird because we've like when we first meet them, we establish off the bat that. Yeah, we may be in Gomera, but these guys aren't from Gomera. They're just there because that's where the weapons are. And they're all from different parts of the world. Right. So having him be from China, like that's not a problem at all. The real reason why it's not from China is because China will not allow a Chinese a movie to enter their Mm -hmm. market where the villain is Chinese. (laughs) Yeah. And the Mandarin is a villain. Yes. Yeah, no, there's there's that too. But I'm I'm just talking in universe, right? I mean, like, um, because you know, as far as you know, I'm, you're, you're, you know, I will give you that. You know, they, I'm sure the guy in passing mentioned it's an international organization. I really like Trevor Slattery. I didn't. I, I think he was I stupid. Love, oh, I loved it. He's so funny. Not it's, really. Oh, I thought so. I thought like he's just like, I love that you get there and he's just like, he's just this meek little, you know, drug addicted British guy. I loved it. So, okay, I did not like the twist, but that twist, I think a lot of people hang the whole, like, people who like the movie assume that people who don't like the movie hated it because of the twist. You cannot like the twist, or you can even like the twist and still realize that the movie is shit. Yeah. It has nothing, like, the twist is one part of it, but that is not the whole. Well, I'm just, I'm agreeing with you. That's usually, like, the stumbling block for people when they're like, I don't like Iron Man 3 because the Mandarin was stupid. That's usually... For me, I don't like Iron Man 3. No, yeah, I thought that man- that the Mandarin twist was stupid, but that's not why I don't right. like the movie. Right, I but I mean... Com- completely different reasons. Like, in my uh, my episode with Kevin, I don't even think we got to the Mandarin twist by the time <laughs> I was done breaking yeah. down why that movie is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I didn't even need to bring it up because there are so many more reasons that, like, if you don't like... Like, to me, that's like a gimmick. It's a plot twist gimmick. And it's like with gimmicks, either they fail or like they, they work or they fail. And to me, it failed. To you, it worked. Okay, cool. Doesn't matter. That's not to me like the movie does not live or die on that. That's not why it wasn't a good movie. It yeah, wasn't I mean, a good you're movie. Not, you're not going to get plot. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm trying to think. Um, what else? Hurt yourself. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I really liked the, the action sequences in Iron Man 2, I thought were a lot more satisfying. There were there were more ground level. There was a lot less suit stuff, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's another thing that turned a lot of people off. I mean, not, not talking about you per se. And I'm, I'm pointing Wait, my did you say just... I, you said Iron Man 2. Did you mean Iron Man 3? Because well, I was no. like, oh, you're agreeing with me already? Oh, did, did you mean Iron Man 3? I don't I don't think I said two, but maybe I did. I okay. meant three. The, the, the scenes in Iron Man 3, like with the action sequences, they're a lot more mm-hmm. ground level, a lot less suit stuff. It's a lot of, you know, Tony Stark having to be resourceful and just way out of his depth against, you know, his opponents. And I, I like that, like the scene where he's captured, and, you know, and he's trying to call his modular suit to him, the Mark 42, and he just mm-hmm. gets the glove and the boot. Mm-hmm. A short action sequence where it was just him and the boot, but there was a lot of like fun little things that were him just flipping around in the air and like, you know, and then just pew. I liked that stuff, you know, like it, it was a lot more creative with the suit and, and the action sequence because I don't know. That stuff was um, the same kind of stuff that he did in Iron Man, though. Right. In, in the first one. And that's kind of why I like it. Because so you like, don't like Iron Man two because it was too similar to the first one, but you like Iron Man three because of hey, the look, elements that were similar to the first one. Hey, look, if, if, <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna ape an entire movie, that's one thing. But like, if you're gonna bite the little the, something that worked out of a movie, like at the beginning of Iron Man three, when he's first playing around with the modular suit, mm-hmm. very Iron Man one, trying to learn mm-hmm. how to fly the suit vibes, and yes, it's good. I like it. It works. You know, you got a little Christmas music See, going I, on. I think that's the exact like, we're coming at this from opposite ends because I saw that as we've seen this already, <laughs> like get to the plot. And then when you get to the plot, I'm like, OK, this was dumb wow. to me. It was like you you talk about the action scenes. Mm. The only action scene that to me had any real stakes were aside from like the end, which I thought was completely dumb. But the only one that I actually liked was when it wasn't even him. He wasn't even in the scene when he was when um he ha- was remote controlling the suit. To oh, save the yeah, passengers yeah, yeah. From the plane. Yeah. He wasn't uh, yeah. even physically there. I, yeah. The barrel of monkeys scene yeah. was excellent. Um, but that's the, the whole, only scene the whole lead up to that had any in the real plane was great. The plane scenes were stupid to me, like on the plane, because for one, there's no way that the guy can remember an Iron Man 2. Let's go back to that one. Who are the three people who Must can be. operate the Iron Man suit? Right. Who are the three people? Who are the three? Right. And that's what I was saying. No, but the, who are the, the three people? Answer the question. Yeah, who are the I three know. people? Tony, Pepper, and, and uh, Rhodey. But right, this okay. is what I'm saying. So At how be- is Homeboy able to operate the suit? Because how is he able to get home? How is he able to get Rhodey out of the suit in the first place? It's None of that fully, works. It's been fully turned over to the U.S. military. That's why during the middle of the movie, Tony Stark is asking Rhodey for his passwords and his login information. No, Tony Stark is asking Rhodey for his passwords and his login information because Tony always gave Rhodey and Pepper their own autonomy. He did that all along. No, no, because if no, no, if he had admin control of it, he wouldn't need that. He, that's he exactly what I'm it. saying. He's never had right. Tony. That what my point is. Ever since Iron Man. So Iron Man, he and Iron Man, when he created the suits, right? Ever since Iron Man 2, those two have full, ad, that's, what I, that's what I was saying before. They have full admin control, which means Tony does not have a fail safe in their suits because he trusts them. Right. That's the way I saw it. So I didn't see it as he turned it over to the government. So he needs government access because if he no, needed no. government access, he would just hack it. Because it's not it's... proven that he can hack the government. Right. The but reason I'm saying why that... he needed his permission was because he gave him full admin permission for the suits that he has right i'm saying that he doesn't like he doesn't have admin control because it's not his suit anymore right, right. because right. it's because he let so, Rody take it right exactly 
So he doesn't he doesn't have full access to that suit. So the whole, you know, only Tony Stark and Pepper and Rhodey can access that suit is out the window. No, is because out the it's window. still the admin pro- because the admin approval is still like you just proved Tony can't access that suit. So how can random fire guy access that suit? He can't. Well, because they uh, I'm pretty sure I would assume that they access this. Well, because they they what they uh, baked uh, Rhodey out of the suit. Right, which they shouldn't have been able to do, but go on. I'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, it was probably a uh, one of those things. What, what is it? Uh, dang it. This is where I wish you would have an edit tonight. Um, <laughs> where it's a, a uh, like a fail safe, right? Because he's going to get melted alive in that suit. It lets him out. I don't know. The fail safe was canopy, canopy, canopy. That's how he got out. No, I'm not. So we're not talking about that scene yet. I'm talking about the dude, the fire <clears throat> dude who ended up using the suit. He should not have been able to use the suit because the only person who should have been able to control that suit, it should have been a very, very heavy paperweight for him. The only person able to access that suit should have been James Rhodes. Right. But that's even Tony, they got like you said, Tony said, what's your password? Tony couldn't even get into that suit. But somehow this random fire dude is able to use it. That makes no sense. Right. And I'm just saying, they were probably able to hack into the suit because they had it open at that point. Again, so, they shouldn't have been able to get into I, it and they shouldn't have been able to hack into it. You really I'm think these saying, guys are able there, to do There is a certain amount of concession. Do? I mean, if you're willing to concede that that Nick Fury knew about the the crazy desi- like the, the 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 convoluted design of of the Stark Expo then it's it's a safe bet that I never said know, he knew can... about the design of Stark Expo. I said he cool. knew that his father had discovered an element and he left it somewhere. If he had known that it was that, he would have given him that. Remember, Tony had to go retrieve that himself. Right. All, what he did was he said, it's here in your father's shit. Figure it out. So he wow. knew about he knew that his father had discovered it. And then he left. He <clears> left a clue for him. He didn't know what that clue was. Well, he, that's the why impl- Tony the implication was that, that he knew out. that his father had an element. That yes. would solve this problem. Yes. Bit of a stretch. Huge stretch. No. And I'm saying no, it's again, less of a stretch. He works, it's less of a stretch. He's to the say director that. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Why would he not know that? He didn't well, know so what the, that element was. The dude's was. like, I discovered an element. Let my son know about it kind of vaguely. Okay. Thanks. Let's look at another person who is a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Ant-Man. He created PEM particles. Does anybody, like even Howard Stark, could not figure out PEM particles. But he knew about them. Right, but knowing I'm, I'm, about it doesn't mean you understand how it no, works. No, no. But the thing is, the thing is, Tony Stark is like, boy, I need something to replace the palladium, right? And uh-huh. how would Nick Fury even know that this thing that Howard Stark did not really fully clue him in on would be a suitable replacement for palladium? That's do what you I'm remember? How There's a Nick huge Fury... logical leap there. No, do you remember how Nick Fury ended up in Shield? It's all about like okay, let's go back to the Avengers. Instead of going to um, instead of going all the way back to um, Captain Marvel, we'll just go to the Avengers. Nick Fury and Shield. They're dealing with extraterrestrial energy, and remember their their guys was energy that like you know energy for everybody or like weapons technology. They were dealing with this the entire time. So why wouldn't Nick Fury know about it? He doesn't know how it works. He doesn't know what it is. But if Howard Stark was close to it and he was like, I've got this out, like I discovered an element. And like, for example, he could have been like, I've, I've discovered this element. And what, what is palladium? It's energy. Right. And just like with the Tesseract, it's energy. 
So that we're in the business of studying energy this entire time. It makes perfect sense that he would have told him there's this element that I think that could replace, it could be big. We may not even need it for palladium. Now, why would Howard start talk about palladium? Because he's a weapons manufacturer and that's what's used in weapons. It's what's used in nuclear weapons. So yeah, it makes perfect sense that he would be talking about that to the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the organization that he created. There's no way that there's no way that Nick Fury would know that that this this uh, this metal would be a replacement for palladium. Well, it's in, not in a, the, in, it's not a metal. They just knew of, of it as an element at the time because right. they were. But, but again, if you palladium's a metal, go, so so when if you, especially if you when you look at this through the guise of like weapons contracts and everything, it really does make sense. And again, uh, that's what Shield was doing. That's what Howard Stark was doing. And Nick Fury was a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. when Howard Stark was alive and was figuring this stuff out. So it makes perfect sense that he would know. And again, Nick Fury even says, I did know your father better, as a matter of fact. And then that's when he gives them all the stuff and says, it's in here. Find it. Yeah. I'm not huge, like, I'm not, huge stretch, I'm not extrapolating Jackie. anything. You can huge go back stretch. and watch the movie. Huge it's stretch. in there. The I'm point being is the lines the from point the movie. being is it is a much larger stretch for that than they have the suit open. They could probably have not remotely. You know why? Because what? let's go back to Jackie, the first Iron Man. Come on. No, no, no. Let's go back to the first <laughs> Iron Man. Okay. In the very first Iron Man, they literally throw bombs at him and he walks through the fire. Okay. Hmm? After let's go to the second Iron Man. Explosions are happening left and right. The suit gets a little dinged and then they keep flying. Iron Man three. All of a sudden there's a temperature. Oh, also go back to the first Iron Man and the first Iron Man. He can he flies and he starts, you know, the suit starts freezing over. And so he fixes it. Okay. So So then. We can do this all day. We can go right. Iron Man, and Iron Man exactly. 2, so, Avengers. And something they cover. And Avengers. It, he goes out into space. Right. Something they cover in Iron Man 3 is you're talking about all these explosions and fires and stuff that don't bother him. Right. Let's talk about how they already covered in the movie that the heat signatures from this extremist stuff is in excess of 3,000 degrees. Much hotter than those explosions. Much hotter. And it was a, a sustained amount of time that he was applying that extreme extreme ludicrous heat to the war machine chassis yeah big difference i have a question for you you're trying to tell me that 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 that, i'm right yes no you're trying to tell me that a suit that Mm -hmm. can literally withstand being in space cannot withstand a hand a three thousand degree hand on something like metal that is that conducts heat incredibly well yeah yeah Mm-hmm. hot hot and hot and like cold are two different things right i mean like the cold of space the vacuum of space totally different like you know i'm sure i'm sure the suit's insulated i'm sure the suit has ways of cooling you know the wearer down i mean it has ways of filtering your pee but i mean like three thousand degrees it's a lot of heat lot so of heat. it's funny that you mentioned three thousand degrees because while you were saying that well, it's because the movie um, mentioned three thousand degrees yeah. Okay. So um, I decided to Google what is the temperature of re- re-entering the Earth's atmosphere, and it's three thousand degrees. Yeah, but he literally what? falls from the sky. He has to re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. Okay. So his suit—we've seen his suit can withstand the three thousand degrees. So again, it makes no sense 
Right. Well, he was that they were able to get him out of to get Rhodey out of that suit because the suit can withstand that. It's in excess of 3000 degrees. And again, like what are these suits made of? Right. Like I'm sure I'm sure that, you know, it can probably it like the Iron Man suit. Was it damaged when it got down from the Earth's atmosphere? Pretty sure it was right now. I mean, most of the damage from um, from his suit was actually from the fight. Right. Well, it wasn't really from the temperature from the reentry. point being is. It's in excess of 3,000 degrees. And how long did he have his hand there? Mm-hmm. Minutes? A couple seconds. Right. Well, I mean, they have to cut things down for the movie. I mean, I'm sure there was an edit or two in there. Oh, I don't now remember. you're okay with hey. speculating. Whoa. No, 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 no. Oh, I've no. Always, I'm sure it was like at least an hour. Oh, yeah, I've always, that's... I've always, mm-hmm. no, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that I, I'm willing to concede certain speculations. You're not willing to concede any speculations my way is what I'm saying. I'm saying you're being unreasonable on this one. I'm being unreasonable. I literally yes, looked absolutely. it up. The temperature of reentry is 3000 degrees. <laughs> right. I know that. I know that. That's fine. That is fine. But we're talking about duration is as a big thing here. Uh, there's something that I could say, but it would be inappropriate. So I'm not going to do that. Oh, my. Oh, my, Jackie. Oh, my. Jeez, <laughs> oh, Louise. But okay, what I just think is funny is that like we rib each other back and forth, and then like <laughs> I can sleep peacefully, and then I will get a message at like one o'clock in the morning. I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, uh, no, because I, you know, it wasn't at one o'clock in the morning. I think it was like it was in the evening of my time, and I was like, because I, yeah, I, I, I said something that was kind of really dismissive the other day, and I was like, I was like, oh, I don't know if that was rude. Oh God, yeah, I, I get like that when when I when I message someone, I say something jerky, like, and I'm joking, but I'm like, oh God, did they think I was joking? Oh, and then I get all it's part of my anxiety. Yeah, that's the Canadian in you. <laughs> But yeah. and I love that you sent that message. You're like, maybe it's just because I'm Canadian, but um, <laughs> I'm really sorry. Don't take me seriously. Yeah, it's like, I was like, oh, God. Um, and I but- was like, oh, damn, I was just about to roast you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's maybe that's why I did it. I was like, I was like, she's going to cyber bully me if, if I don't apologize. <laughs> <Do> not <laughs> cyber bully. You're horrible. I will say another one thing. Like, I'm not like, again, I'm not I'm not defending Iron Man three as art. All right. All right. You know, but another thing I like, again, one of my problems with Iron Man 2 is there's no real like, like the whole conclusion with Whiplash is really like underwhelming, right? Like, oh, they boop, boop, boop. They, he, he whips Tony and starts pulling him in. He whips Rhodey, starts pulling him in, and then they blow him up. That's it, right? There, yeah. There's not, but I mean, the, one of my point is the, the whole final encounter in Iron Man 3 is a lot more elaborate, a lot more fun. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. You know, like, like there's the, there's that one part that like, I remember when I watched it in the theater, I was like, ah! where like, uh, uh, you know, Guy Pierce like chops Iron Man's leg off, and, but like he just whew, ejected his leg out of it, you know? And I was like, oh man, so scary. I was like, oh, oh, so you're nine. That's why we hey, see differently on this. I, you know, okay. I, I, it's, it was a very fun kinetic action scene and I liked that, mm-hmm. you know, there was, there was a lot of stuff like, because it started off with sort of a buddy cop thing where like Tony Stark is clearly again out of his depth, but trying to hang in there. And he, he's like, what are you, you there's no way you can shoot the light bulb from this far away. And <laughs> Rhodey just, and he's, ah, uh, uh, there's so many good little things. And that made him know, look stupid. He's a weapons manufacturer. He should know that he's a weapons. He's a weapons manufacturer. He's right, not, which means he needs right. to know how well we- weapons work and things like their range. Right. So right. but again, it's he should also, know that. It's 
like one on one. Also, he's he's also uh you know a funny guy with an ego who's just trying to sort of deflect that he is not a good shot. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's there's room to Keep play looking. in jokes like that. Come on, Jack. Hey, I have a question for you. <laughs> Yo, go go for it's it. It's going to sound completely. It's going to sound off topic, but I promise you, it's not. Do it. Um, do you like Star Wars? Yeah, hit and miss. Okay. I'm not um, a huge fan. Like, go ahead. There's some I like. You know, I like the original trilogy. Uh, you know. Okay. I, you like the original trilogy the most? Uh, most consistently, yeah. Okay, good. Okay, so um, let's stick with the original trilogy then, or it sure. could be in all of Star Wars, but you know, sticking with the original trilogy works. Sure. What is the best fight scene in all of Star Wars, or at least oh. the original trilogy? And all of, like in the original trilogy, you're probably not yep. going to get a best fight scene. They were all like by today's standards, they're pretty lackluster. Like especially in the first Star Wars, like with Darth Vader and Obi Wan, where it looks like they're just eh, eh. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, I would say honestly because mm-hmm. the movies I watched them when I was a kid, mm-hmm. not necessarily a fight scene, but my favorite fight sequence, mm-hmm. and not really, you know, it's not really a fight per se. Uh, but I would say the Ewoks on Endor beating up all the, the 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 stormtroopers i like that one i i, I honestly i unapologetically love the ewoks i do too because i saw it when i was a kid but yeah. i'm surprised that you went with the ewoks when you whenever you ask people that question especially if you keep it to the original trilogy most people will say the final with luke and darth probably you mean in um return of the jedi or do yeah. you mean in empire strikes or, back when the, their first time no return Return. Oh, but oh, but yeah, the one in the Empire is really good too, where he gets Luke's hand. That's pretty iconic. Okay. Or, or you'd hear the one about uh, the one at Jabba's palace when they're on the little the little pleasure barge or whatever it was. The skiff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now most people say that it is between Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. Why do you think most people pick that? It's iconic. Why is it iconic? What What oh. makes people think that that scene is iconic? Well, it's because it's the climax of the movie. But I mean, all the movies have climax. Right. All, all eleven Star Wars movies have climax. Right. Have climactic and action. It's the you know, like something like that would be the same reason why most people's favorite moments in like Avengers Endgame is is uh you know in the final battle when when uh, Captain America gets Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. You know, iconic moment. It's been a lot of you, you've had a series leading up to that, and that's I think why you're right. So in other yeah. words, it's story based. Right. Right. Because it's not just two people fighting. Right. Like you said, like in all the other scenes, most of the action is just, you know, they're fighting to get through something like it's an obstacle. Mm-hmm. They just kind of need to get through. But this mo- that this particular scene is more Luke facing what he could become. So it's he's fighting his father, but it's also he's fighting himself in a way. Does he give over to the dark side or right. does he remain himself? Sure. I mean, but that's not even really part of the fight, I would say. Like the most the, the struggle he has with that is after he's already beaten Darth Vader. I mean, I guess well the whole yeah, I mean it's I guess it's part of the fight, sort of. Yeah, so that's the that's the whole point it, of the fight. It's it's because And then he opens his his yeah, he opens his little vest and the inside of it's white, and it's like, Oh, he was the good guy all along. Right. Okay, the yeah. reason why I brought that up is because mm. to me, like you said you couldn't stand the fight because it's anticlimactic. If you are looking this at, at this as an action film, or like I said, through like the superhero lenses, you are absolutely right. That was an anticlimactic fight. However, if you were looking at this through the story, it was a good fight because, again, through the lens of the story, there is a reason why 
they were able to win so quickly because he finally gave in to the lesson of the entire movie that he needed to learn. And the minute he learned it, he wins. Same thing happens in the Avengers. Sure. Avengers fight and fight and fight. And then the moment they decide to come together that like anytime they're separated, they lose. It even happens. I get that. I get that. I'm saying they could have done more and then got to that point. It was literally like, Oh, fight whip whip. I got you both. Hey, you want to do this thing, Rody? Beep. That's it. I was like, it, there should have been like, it should have been, okay, been more lead up to that is what I'm saying. You know, where it's like, you know, again, I don't to know. me, like from a story perspective, you have all of these drones and they're fighting one-on-one and they're holding their own against the drones. But then when the actual villain physically shows up, they are getting their asses handed. Why? Because they aren't fighting as a unit. They're fighting one-on-one. One, because... Remember, even in that scene, when the when the drones like before the f- drones start uh, first got there, they were having an ego contest as to who the big guns were. And yeah. then in the end, they both had to get rid of their ego and work together. And that's how they defeated him. Yeah, I mean, Tony was like, here, duck, I'll shoot them all with a laser. And then no, I'm then talking they shoot. about with Vanko, not with the. Drugs. Yeah. And I'm, you know, that's what I'm saying. But like I'm saying, I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying. I don't. I'm saying that that fight. They uh-huh. could have they could have put like another couple minutes into it. Like I don't was, disagree there, with that either. They, I'm saying there, right. there was nothing to it. Like I don't know if it was something where they had limited access to Mickey Rourke or something. I'm um, not honestly, sure. a majority of the problem with Iron Man Two is studio <clears throat> interference. Yeah, because like because it's literally he just kind of bump lands in front of them, says a few things. They you know, Rhodey shoots the uh, the uh, the ex wife, and then he puts the mask on, and then he kind of just boom, boom, and that's it. Like right. Like, I, I, I was, you know, I just wish there was more to that fight because, like, the Whiplash costume was cool. I like Whiplash as an idea, you know, like, I think he's a cool villain, was just underutilized. I agree. Know? Like I but said, I, I'm I not think saying, it's, I, like, I'm not saying the problem is they didn't use, they, they put too much in, so they didn't have enough time to develop everybody the way that they should have. I, so I can entirely concede that point. Again, it's not the strongest Marvel movie by far. No but I don't think it's as bad as Iron Man three because in Iron Man three, the scene that you think is so awesome to me had zero stakes as far as the storytelling. So I didn't give a shit because I don't really care about seeing things blow up. I need to know that there's a reason why they're blowing up. Yeah. They had to go and save the president and they had like, Rhodey had to save the president and Mm -hmm. Tony had to save pepper. And then did he really? Because pepper saved him. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. He went, he was going to save her. She was not, thinking that hey i have superpowers he didn't you know she in the end didn't need to be saved at all but like yep. up to the point where she where he is like i'm gonna catch you just jump or whatever and she and he utterly does not catch her and you just watch her die and he's like right well, supposedly die sorry she took off um yeah like up to that point you know he's trying to save her and she didn't need saving and in the end she you know bails him out and you know i i, I like that pepper got to have a badass moment you know at the end but yeah I don't know. Like, I don't, you know, there was stakes, you know, and, you know, and again, it was Tony, like the whole fight, Tony's trying to keep up with this guy who's way more powerful than him, who can just literally make mincemeat of his metal suits. I liked that, you know, and he was just scrambling, trying to stay alive. And in the end, Pepper just does it for him. Yeah. So that doesn't disappoint you that he doesn't even save the day in his own movie. No, but it's, it's disappointing. I, again, I concede that the fight 
did feel like it was too quick in Iron Man 2. Yeah, like but I, that like, to me, at least there was a narrative reason for what ha- why things happened the way they did. Whereas in Iron Man 3, there's no narrative reason for why they did what they did. Right. Whenever you look at the end fight, like the big boss fight, it is supposed to be the culmination of everything that the main character has learned throughout the movie to get you to that place. That is supposed to be, it's supposed to be like a physical version of that. And you get to see like, oh, they physically overcame that. That's the whole point of the fight. Like look at uh, Black Panther. Everything that he learned in that movie came out in that fight against Killmonger. And even though, yeah, it was Black Panther suit versus Black Panther suit. The reason why, like some people don't like the CGI. I never even noticed that the CGI wasn't great. Because I was invested in the story, up I was wondering. Point, it wasn't great. I mean, up to that point, it was great. That that final encounter in the in the end of Black, Black Panther was kind of. Uh, but yeah, but again, when I was movie. in the movie theater, I didn't pay any attention to that because of the fact that I was so engaged with the actual story. Oh, because I at this it point, sound. it has there's a narrative reason as to why things are happening. That's what I need. And in Iron Man three. We, you just didn't get that and that's why i'm like that was pointless then like you're just seeing explosions for no fucking reason like when he did like the house party protocol why didn't he do that in the beginning the house party protocol why he didn't do that at the beginning all right mm-hmm. so at that point in the movie right like he you know goes to the hospital because happy is in the hospital he just got blowed up and you know <laughs> blowed up <laughs> yeah i said blowed up earlier too blown uh, up I, yeah no i like i'm just gonna stick with it um so happy got blowed up and blown it's still (laughs) i let it go like the one time i can't do that anymore all right so tony you know he goes to see him in the hospital and then he comes out and all the all the paparazzi in the press are there and they're asking him questions the guy's like you just gonna kill this guy and he's like "Ah," he gives him the thing he threatens him gives mandarin his his address then he chucks the guy's phone and drives off home okay so why didn't she intervene okay so first off why house party protocol was not activated or whatever is because um all right so let's see first off maybe like i'm i'm just speculating again like all you got because it's not in the story but go ahead well you know we've both done some speculation but all right this is like your ninth time i did it once in iron man 2 it's like your ninth time doing an iron man 3 but go ahead (laughs) so his house was surrounded like they they have an establishing shot that shows help like news choppers around his house Mm -hmm. right so safe to say they might not have noticed a couple other helicopters approaching Oop, um, by the time that by the time that missile's inbound, not a lot you can do. Tony's highly distracted. You know why? Jarvis he's highly distracted because his girlfriend is leaving him because he's a fucking idiot in this moment. And his ex. Why did he give up. them? Yeah. How did? And again, they even mentioned how did you get here, but they don't answer the question. Yeah. How did he? Know. How did she get to his front door? She shouldn't have been able to get to his front door. Tony doesn't know either because he's like, we're still doing doorbell right now. Yeah. I, exactly. That's yeah. my point. Why did he give? Okay, so going back to that whole seed when he was talking to the reporters, number mm-hmm. one, why would he give them the address to that house? That is the most vulnerable house he owns because mm-hmm. it's vulnerable to the cliff on the ocean. You can easily, I don't know, fly a fucking helicopter to it. He could have given them the address to the Avengers Tower and said, I will be there. Come get me. The Avengers Tower is protected. Yeah. That would have yeah. made more sense. He's supposed to be a genius. Also, Remember throughout the movie, he kept saying everything he was doing was to keep Pepper safe. Then why would he give them the address of the home that she lives in? Why wouldn't he give them Avengers Tower, which is protected? He is a man with a huge ego who does not think things through. Why didn't S.H.I.E.L.D. stop him? Because S.H.I.E.L.D. was still around then. Uh, Good question. Why didn't Captain America show up to help? Well, Captain America didn't show up because he doesn't have an Iron Man suit that can get him from New York. 
Really? This thing, yeah. t- it's not like this whole movie took place in like 10 hours. It took place over like days and possibly even weeks. Actually, it does take place over weeks because well, Happy the, gets between injured the threat, and then back. Between the threat and him getting his place blown up did not take long. There's um, no way fight, Captain America would have gotten there in time. When and by the time Captain America well, would have gotten there, jets. by the time Captain America would have gotten there, he would have been in Tennessee. Okay. No, I'm talking about when I'm not talking about Tony's house. I'm talking about the threat on the president. Remember Rhodey and 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 um and Tony discover that there's a plot against the president, so they call the vice president. Why did they not call the Avengers? Why didn't they call Shield? You know, people who could actually do something. They have a literal super soldier, a Hulk, a god of thunder. It's done a bunch of super spies. Like these people were able to thwart the Chitari. Why did he doesn't why didn't think Iron to call Man, them to save the president? Why didn't Iron Man intervene in in Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Where why was didn't he? Why didn't he intervene then? Well, yeah, I'm just saying. Like Captain why, America, the Winter Soldier happens after Iron Man three. Right. Right. But Iron so Man Tony still is, exists. At this point, Tony is essentially useless I'm just because saying. he got rid of all of his damn suits. You answered your own question. Meanwhile, S.H.I.E.L.D. Now. is still around because Winter Soldier has not happened yet. Well, there is when- no. And also, if you go back to Iron Man and you go to Iron Man 2, what is the one agency that is up his ass in both movies? S.H.I.E.L.D. And all yeah. of a sudden, S.H.I.E.L.D. just doesn't exist. And by the way, when I said when I mentioned the threat against the president, I'm not talking about the end of the movie. The threat against the president comes at the beginning of the movie when they use Happy's accident to say to have the Mandarin come out and say, I will kill the president. That should have been when S.H.I.E.L.D. should have got involved. S.H.I.E.L.D. should have been like, "Okay, let's find this fucker. Let's figure out who this is. Do you not think Captain America would have been boots on the ground to try to protect the president? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But did they have Chris Evans for that movie? I mean, yeah, why not? Chris Evans wasn't that big yet. All I'm saying is, is Captain America and the Winter Soldier was in 2014. Yes. All right. That primarily takes place in Washington, D.C., I believe. Yes. Okay. So where was Hawkeye? He's a member of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? That's exactly my point. And oh, no, I'm not talking about Captain America. I'm well, but I'm just about, saying, I mean, you know. Well, the, we actually find out where Hawkeye is in Age of Ultron. Hawkeye was with his family. Why is he with his family and not helping out with S.H.I.E.L.D.? He's a member of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because I'm just saying, unlike like, your story, the when Shield goes down, it literally happens all at once. And if Iron Man between what the the uh, the Avengers was in 2012, and then Iron Man three was in 2013, so within a year, Iron Man built 42, uh, not 42, but over 30 suits because he's at Mark 42, and his and suit an that he wore Iron Legion, the suit that he wore in the Avengers is right. So by the time. Age of Ultron comes around. He has an entire Iron Legion and a new Iron Man suit. Yes. After so where were those in reactor. Captain America and the Winter Soldier? I'm just saying it's not a good argument. It is a good argument. It's a standalone we movie. Because you asked where you asked where Iron Man was in and because you asked Captain America. <laughs> you asked and I for, answered. We actually you, have reason. We actually know where these people were. Tony Stark. And right. they actually show the dot to show where Tony Stark was. Tony Stark was in New York at the time. In um, right. Captain America Winter Soldier, the reason why they didn't away. call him in is because when they found out Hydra was an organization, they did not know who they could trust because some part like members of S.H.I.E.L.D., some of them were actually legit S.H.I.E.L.D. and some of them were Hydra. And if you go to the wrong one, you're fucked. That's oh, why they well. only went to Sam because he's the only one they could trust. So, again, this makes sense. But what doesn't make sense is why S.H.I.E.L.D. has no presence in Iron Man 3. Well, I, I think it's kind of flimsy just saying because they couldn't trust him. 
but you know that's, that's not flimsy. I, well, like, I'm just saying. Literally... I'm just saying. I will let that slide. It's oh, like, but the thing is, like, the thing is, even if Shield could intercept, like, okay, like if they're not going to intercept him blow- getting his house blown up because there's no way to intercept that, right? Yes, there is. You go to him immediately after he says that, and you say, "What the hell were you thinking? You have to come with us now." He literally and they didn't do that. Shield has zero presence in Iron Man three. That is the question I'm he, asking. He literally Where was Shield. He literally went home from the hospital. Pepper was packing her stuff, and then it happened. It was almost. It was there wasn't like hours for Shield to get agents over there. It wasn't like there was no time for Shield to intervene in that. So then how come shield doesn't show up at any point in this entire movie? It's a good question. You know, it's probably a matter of contracts. And again, 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 why is it that he gave them his most vulnerable address? The address that he knew the one person in the world he wanted to protect more than anyone was staying at, at that moment. He has multiple houses. Wouldn't he give them one? Like, I don't know the Avengers tower that is protected by the Iron Legion that he's about to create, because he uh, most likely created him there. He is, as they establish in Iron Man 2, he is a narcissist prone to uh, self-destructive behavior. Self-destructive. Again, we also established in Iron Man 2, he knocks that shit off because he doesn't want to destroy, be destructive to Pepper and Rhodey. Is emotional at that time. His best friend nearly got killed. He's acting really really emotionally and irrationally at the end of the movie is him being like i've got to consider pepper more that's what the whole and that's what the whole thing is the so whole again, arc of the movie is him that the being, entire arc of the movie is the arc from iron man 2 <laughs> arc of iron man 2 no, it isn't. you can take out iron man 3. i've said this a hundred times but i'm dead serious if you were to watch the entire mcu and never see iron man 3 you lose no understanding of anything. You, oh. you are completely in line. You know what the Tesseract is. You know what the Infinity Stones are. You understand Tony Stark's arc. You lose nothing because his arc in Iron Man 3 is a repeat of his arc in Iron Man 2. So again, you can take out Iron Man 3. And that's why I said Iron Man 3, Iron Man 2 is not as bad as Iron Man 3. Because Casey. Iron Man 2 is where that art came from in the first place. We get to see the different aspects of himself and how he reacts to them. And we get introduced to, we were introduced to Happy Hogan in one, but we really get to see him more in two. We're introduced to Black Widow. And this is the first time that Pepper is not just his assistant. She's actually in a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. So Iron Man 2 laid the groundwork for the character. It, it, I'd say it continued it continued Tony Stark's story arc. And his arc goes straight from, it goes Iron Man, Iron Man 2, the, the Avengers, Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. You could literally remove Iron Man 3 from that equation. You lose nothing. Ah, uh, That's why I say Iron, Iron Man, Man 2. 2 it's better than Iron Man 3, at Iron least Man for that reason. Iron Man 2 brought nothing to the table either. You know why? Yes, I know did. this. It brought Black Widow. For if nothing else, it gave us Black Widow. I didn't miss a single step skipping it when, from the movie theater. You I didn't know why? watch Iron Man. Because I saw Iron Man 3, which just redid the entire plot. No, 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 no. The character arc. And not when plot. I went and it saw redid the, the character arc from Iron Man 2. So when you saw 3, you acted like, ooh, this is interesting. I'm seeing this for the first time because you skipped Iron Man 2 when no. you were literally seeing his character arc play out the same. No, I. You see, I went to see, I didn't bother seeing Iron Man 2, and then I went and saw the Avengers, and I'm like, 
okay, I didn't miss anything. Because, and you know what, going back, it's the same story. Yeah, they introduce Black Widow, but they reintroduce her in the Avengers. You know exactly who she is. They, the Avengers reintroduced all the characters because exactly. they assumed that Iron Man 2 brought at the Avengers. Either. I mean, they reintroduced Captain America as well. In the mm-hmm. Avengers, they assume they did not make the assumption that you've seen all the previous movies. By the time we get the end, to Endgame, they're like, "Look, fuckers, if you haven't caught up, that's on you." <laughs> so, that, and that's my point: is that Iron Man two, you could also delete and forget that movie. Nope, because it doesn't it bring shows any character progression for Tony Stark. It doesn't really. It does again. I will. I'm repeating myself. The in Endgame, the relationship between he and his father that was established in Iron Man two. They didn't even really talk about his father in Iron Man one or in Iron Man three. That isn't that ripped straight from Iron Man two. That's why that's an emotional scene when he's talking to his father because other stuff is mostly cemented in Captain America: Civil War. No, there's one scene about he and his father in Captain America: Civil War. Most of it came from Iron Man two. There was. <laughs> the the whole scene in the barf simulator thing at the very beginning. Yeah, that's the scene. That's yeah. the scene that shows that, that's the that one does scene more to explain his relationship with his father than anything in Iron Man 2. That's because anything. you don't understand Iron Man. We keep going back. We're just talking Jackie. about at this point. Again, you don't understand <laughs> Iron Man 2 because you just glossed over it like it was some stupid action movie as opposed to actually paying attention to no, the no, actual no, no. plot. No, I'm saying that I'm saying that action sequences are an important part of a movie. No, they aren't. Action sequences are nothing yes, more are. Than, to, than in in a superhero movie that is in Jack. Yes, <laughs> it is. I'm a movie person the, first. I love superhero movies, but if, oh, the, I do if too. the superhero I movie, movie doesn't have a well. story, it's still stupid. Yeah, agreed. That's why I don't really care much for Iron Man two. That's um, why Iron Man three is because is I saw the same <laughs> story in the previous <laughs> movie. <laughs> No, again, Iron Man 2 is not the one that rips off Iron Man. It's Iron Man 3 that rips. It gives you the same. It gives you Tony. Tony Stark has the exact same character arc in Iron Man 3 that he got in Iron Man 2. And there are beats of the story that can't are ripped straight from Iron Man 1, which means if you eliminate Iron Man 3, you just watch Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, and then go straight to Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Civil War. You're good on Tony's arc and then you get to Infinity War and um an end game there it is that's all of Tony's arc you can eliminate argue. Iron Man 3 nothing is missed uh disagree hard disagree that's because so, you don't know the MCU the way that I do I can quote these bitches forward and backwards okay <laughs> and I'm sure me. you can but I'm saying that you are wrong about these two movies I'm not though <laughs> I just proved multiple times how <laughs> I'm really not uh, I just explained you, why you can eliminate Iron you have, Man. 3 you have stressed the same can. point over and over again. Uh, because I can't... you keep saying you because I say it and then you're like, okay, but no. <laughs> so then I have to go, but no, this is why. And then you're like, okay, I see what you're saying, but no. <laughs> and then we have to do it all over again. Uh... <laughs> it's like Groundhog Day the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then I just want to Rose Hill, Tennessee. He's got that little kid, Harley. I know that you guys briefly touched on how he's a real jerk to that kid. He's a dick. He is a dick to that kid. But I mean, he's a dick in general. But yeah, I mean, we know why as a character he's doing it, though. He's distancing himself from the kid, you know, because he doesn't want to hurt the kid. Oh, kind of like in Iron Man 2 when he was being a dick to Rhodey and he distanced himself from Pepper and Rhodey. Not the same as with, with an no, innocent you're right. kid. I'm wrong. It's exactly Not the same the as same. with an innocent kid. Different dynamic. Okay. And it. And 
it has a very big brother, little brother dynamic between the two of them. You're right. That's, yeah. ab- that's absolutely nothing in common with Iron Man 2 when he did the exact same thing to Rhodey. That's completely he didn't. different. Yeah. He didn't. I mean, it's exactly the same, but you know. What are you even sure. talking about? It's completely the same. It's the yes. <laughs> Jackie, come on. Yes. Come on. You're Where are we going? <laughs> I don't know how well, we're going to get there because you're coming from yeah. Canada. So I think you got a we're ways not to go going before you anywhere get on, on, the, <laughs> on Iron Man 3, Iron Man 2. I don't think either of us are like, we're both just like, no, no. Because I'm right. <laughs> you know it. It's the same no, thing. No. And you're proving my point. Because they're not said, even like, remotely. Oh, this is this is the this this relationship, this dynamic. This is showing him. Yeah, we saw that already in Iron Man 2. We don't see things the same. Okay. Uh, but I, I think the thing is you and I are both very opinionated, you know? Yeah. And I, I know I don't mean that in a, in a, a, a slight to you, because if it was, it would be a slight to me, I guess. But, you mm-hmm. know. I, I think, you know, you and I are both very, very set in our ways. I don't think either of us have really. Well, I mean, we knew going into this yeah, that neither think... of us was going <laughs> to be like, you're absolutely correct, unless yeah. you did. But we knew. Well, the we thing knew, is, like, I'm, I'm always open to new ideas and suggestions. And you have given me a few things to think about with, with Iron Man 2. going to take that as a win. Because I'm not. No, uh, you see, I'm not going to fold like a house of cards and say that you're right. And Iron Man three sucks. I still think Iron Man three is a much better movie. You said you have already movie. said that you thought Iron Man three sucks. You said that both of mm. these movies suck, which we agree with. No, 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 no. I didn't say sucks. Well, I'm uh, sorry. Or when at least I said, are not sorry, good. When I, when I say it's it's when I say that it's a much better movie, I mean, it's much better than Iron Man two. Yeah, you're still wrong on that part. At least we've acknowledged that neither of these movies are great. Iron Man 3 is shit and Iron Man 2 is decent. It's not, you know what? It's it's not the best of the MCU, but it's not terrible. Again, I fully I this entire time I've acknowledged it has its problems. It's got a lot of them, a ton of them, but it's not as bad as Iron Man 3. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah. And uh. like the circle that we are, we end where we began. Yep. <laughs> yep. I hope everyone uh, agree. Everyone enjoyed hearing us just yell at each other. Basically, yeah, we got we, it. Got a little heated there. I think for a bit, we were both like, "No, you're listening here." <laughs> yes, and I would also like everyone to know that I am going to get five messages saying, "I'm so sorry." <laughs> Maybe four. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, 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 oh yeah i don't think either of us are moving right but i did have fun that's good that's that's the whole point yeah you had fun i had fun hopefully hopefully listeners had fun Mm -hmm. so mr chestnuts which Mm -hmm. is now your name apparently i yeah i did i did i didn't change my twitter handle but i did did change my twitter name you did and i love it yeah Yeah, i thought i I thought you'd get a kick out of like what the hell (laughs) people in the group are like who's mr chestnuts And I'm like, that was that's awesome. me. <laughs> it was great fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I love how I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> Although technically I can't take credit for that. It was Vince that gave you that name. I just, True, true. I just helped it along and continued calling you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but. Mr. Chestnuts, your new nickname brought to you by Vince. Would you like to tell people where they can find you? Should you want to be found? I mean, if, if people want to, I'm on Twitter, but I mean, I don't really post anything interesting. You know, I mostly just retweet hockey stuff, but my team's almost eliminated. So, you know, or but at Real T Diddy on Twitter. But that's really it. 
don't expect to see anything interesting. Um, I love how you are the exact opposite of Iron Man. Like he's Mr. Egotistical and you're like, you know, oh, I've, I've got no ego. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really do anything ever. So I, like, that's the, I'm, I'm not special. <laughs> I, I mostly just like retweet stuff that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's funny. <laughs> you know, one thing real quick, though. Yes, we're getting but from from July 9th. We're getting seven friggin Marvel movies within a year. Well, that's because we skipped an entire. I year. know that's going to be crazy. Yes. I'm like so hype. Yep. So hype. Shang-Chi looks pretty good. I'm not hyped about Black Widow. I am like, dude, I'm it, this is all about Spider-Man and oh, yeah. of Madness. Yeah, because, I'm so hyped for Spider-Man. Like, after seeing WandaVision, I was like, I need to see Multiverse of Madness. And they were like, well, Spider-Man's going to deal with it first. I need to see Spider-Man! <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Shang-Chi, I'm um, hyped because, like, you know, um, Simu Liu, he's, uh, he's Canadian. So yeah. I'm hyped to see one of my, one of my guys. Uh, but I know Black Widow, I like, I like uh, David Harbour. You know, um, I'm not hyped for Black Widow because it looks I've, like they are completely bastardizing everything from the comics. And the yeah, one thing that like, I like the most about about uh, Phase Four so far is that they have gone almost they've they've ripped things almost directly from from the source material. Yeah, and Black Widow, they're doing the exact opposite. So I'm like, yeah, mm. like I love Taskmaster; he's really cool. But in the mm-hmm. yeah the movie, I'm not so sold on it. But we'll see. They're, they're totally retconning her character too, like the character of Black Widow, because yeah. the Red Guardian was not her father figure. No, he was it, her yeah, husband. It was her husband. Yeah. 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 That's a pretty huge retcon to go from husband to father. Like, come on. Yeah. It's, no. <laughs> yeah. It and Yelena was never like a sister to her. She was just another girl from the thing that she met and was like, who the fuck are you? Like, they ended up like they ended up being able to deal with each other, but they weren't like, they weren't besties, yeah. you know, and they were yeah. not like sisters. The only way that you could say they were like sisters is they went through the red room. They were both black widows. Hmm. Yeah. Like I'm not too, I'm not too up on black widows stuff. Like for me, when I was a kid, I collected Spider-Man comics. Spider-Man is my jam. I'm so hyped for uh, no way home. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I want to see, cause the end of Spider-Man two, the whole J Jonah Jameson Jonah thing. Jameson, and yeah. Oh, I am so yeah. excited to see. Also, what can Jake Gyllenhaal return, please? Because. Yeah. Oh, please? like, honestly, he was so good. I, like, yeah. On, like, yeah. He's also a good actor. Yes. That yeah. too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, okay. It took me a second. I was like, it's like <laughs> yeah, no, he was great. Yeah. But yeah, uh, sure. no, like, honestly, like uh, far from home was honestly like one of my favorite Spider-Man live action movies all time so wow. i'm oh i mean i really loved mysterio he was just i loved what they did with him because it's like he was a, he was one of those characters you're like this character is so dumb and and corny i don't know how they can make it good and they made it really cool yeah so i was like i was like you know so i'm, I'm interested to see what happens with no way home because there's so much weird stuff going on with that right so i can't wait for mephisto you got they have to give us mephisto they teased mephisto oh, yeah, right for like six episodes of wandavision we have to be getting mephisto and then at the end when she hears her kids like the way she can hear her kids because they're parts of mephisto's soul so come on like that's you're telling me mephisto is a thing so give me mephisto i need mephisto is what i'm saying and also we finally get an actually powered scarlet witch like yeah. in Endgame, she was still at like a quarter of her power. She had not unlocked. She wasn't fully it. unleashed. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully. She, oh, you know, be like, what if she does the opposite 
of the comics where she was like no more mutants, no more mutants and that's she just exactly opposites what she, it. Yep. That's exactly yeah. what we thought that she was going to do in WandaVision because we thought it was going to be the house, like a reverse house of it. Yeah. And it kind of was minus the whole mutant thing. So I yeah. don't know. But yeah, I'm super hyped about the upcoming lineup. Ouch. All right. So thank you, TDD Chestnuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, name, that, that nickname gives me a kick. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. So uh, if you would ever like to come on and be wrong again, yes. just let me know. Yeah, like if we could if if we could find a movie to talk about that we if it was something where we aren't debating two movies that we are both kind of on opposite ends of, if there was something we could agree on talking about, I would love that. Okay. You know, something something cool. a little something a little less one on one, a little more a little more where we're uh a I'm, sorry, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie. It's it's hard to defend you. Like I, I did my homework, I took notes, I was like, I was like, I think I'm ready. And the uh, funny thing is, I told him right before we started, like, I didn't rewatch Iron Man 2 or Iron Man 3. I yeah. didn't even do what I normally do, like watch a movie in minute or like a cheat version. I literally went from a meeting to this with no prep. And I was like, all right, uh, let's go. Yeah, like I rewatched them yesterday and I took notes. I'm like, all right, I got to be ready because Jackie's going to just lay into me if I if I'm if I don't have something. So I'm basically I'm Batman with prep time. <laughs> you, you have watched the entire MCU like. 40 times over yeah so <laughs> once or twice yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see but, but that's why i was able to pull from like i can go yeah. back and forth i don't just to me the mcu collectively is kind of like a tv show and each movie is just an episode yeah oh for sure for sure and so like i can thing. pull from the plot from later in the season <laughs> yeah know? well i knew i was thing i knew you were gonna have a the deep knowledge i i tried to make sure like i at least had the shallow stuff for the two movies i was like i gotta at least make sure <laughs> i was like oh but uh, it was it was fun though i had a good time all right fun times yeah all right. Thank you. You can Thanks. come back on and maybe not be wrong next time. <laughs> if you like this episode, do us a favor. If you're listening through Apple, give us five star rating or any other app. Drop us a like and don't forget to subscribe so that you can hear new episodes when they come out. Thanks. Dance, 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 dance. Sugo, sugo.